Expounded Universe, Season 11, Episode 5, Hot Corellian Nights. The book, Ruins of Dantooine, by Veronica Whitney Robinson and Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004. Chapters 8 and 9, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hey everybody, it's me, Jeff, the host of this show, Expounded Universe, joined as always by the host of this show, John Taylor. Hi, wait, why did I say your last name? That was weird. I don't know. What? Don't worry, I'll I'll remove it in post. That's right. <laughs> we can't let anyone know about my last name. Anyway, we've got this book with our last names on it. <laughs> That's probably why. I spent most of last night fighting with Amazon about trying to get some other guy named John Taylor off our book. Get off my book. I don't think he I don't think it's his fault. I think they just automatically assigned it to him because he already had an author profile on Amazon. And I don't know contacting Amazon for anything other than where's my package is the hardest fucking thing. Huh. Because they have all their shit bent towards, you know, just basically apologizing that some of the mail is slow. But when you're like, hi, I'm an author. I wrote this book. And yet you have it credited to some guy who wrote a book about how to unlock cars uh, who's like 60. Can we can we get him out of there? He had nothing to do with this. And frankly, I'm worried for him because no one should get blamed for the books that we write. Uh. (sighs) But anyway, we have an exciting new book coming out, John. We do. We sure do. It's called uh, Dungeon Meister. And it is a book of uh, classic and new cocktail recipes uh, with a very nerdy slant on it for very nerdy parties or if you're just drinking alone like a big nerd. Yeah. And it's got, you know, fun jokes and little side references and things like that. It looks really mm-hmm. good. It's just a a very nice book. I like how it came out. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm thrilled with it, too. And you can find it at the Simon & Schuster website or on Amazon. Uh, it's it, it, You just search Dungeon Meister normal, even though it has the umlauts. We just pretend it doesn't. That's okay. And uh, for the next month, I'd say up until the end of December of 2020, we're going to be running a contest with it. If you order the book and uh, let us know, either by sending us an email to systemmastery at gmail.com, or if you're on our Discord by DMing one of us with a picture of it, uh, probably me. I will enter you into a raffle. The winner of the raffle will receive custom etched glassware with our logo and the logo on the cover of the book. And uh, this is kind of a cool thing because we're only ever going to make three sets of the glassware. We'll have some and you'll have one and that'll be it. We're not allowed to sell them and we're only allowed to make them for promotional purposes. Yes, indeed. So if you want to get a cool set, and we're not sure how they're going to work. We're thinking like a pint and a shot glass to really show off that awesome new book logo, and then a chaser that's just our logo. That sounds like a good idea to me. I think it sounds great. Mm-hmm. So once again, that's Dungeon Meister, and if you go purchase it now, you can let us know that you purchased it on uh, uh, your choice of method. The email or the Discord both work. You get entered in a cool raffle. You could win something neat, and even if you don't, you get a great new book, and you help support us. Yes, indeed. It's all winners mm-hmm. all the way down. That's right. This is the closest thing we do to an announcement mastery on a non-announcement mastery show. So, uh, besides that, how are you, John? Oh, I'm all right. It's been a yeah. You have a nice it's been day. A sleepy day. 
Uh, I figured it. I figured it probably was. Uh, yeah, I ended up doing what I normally do nowadays. Uh, Sage wakes up if I have to put her down for a nap in the car, usually because because uh, my girlfriend has like some sort of interview right around her nap time. Then I, I can take her out and put her down in the car. But I, if I stop, if I stop for more than about three minutes, she'll wake up. So I have to find places where there's no stop and go traffic. And in San Diego, that means I'm slowly driving in circles around our nasty, dirty party island, Fiesta Island. <laughs> yes. Uh, you prob- <laughs> you've probably been there once or twice. Ah, uh, the nasty party island. That's pretty much what it is. Like, I, people may not know this, but San Diego actually has its, its own dumb regional sport. Uh, it's called Over the Line, and it's basically baseball, but slightly lazier. What? Huh. So it's it's three person teams who play hitting only baseball and the field isn't a diamond. It's like this weird rectangle with a triangle on one end of it. And we have a long history of playing over the line in San Diego, uh, mostly with big tournaments that take place out on this gross, dead, brown, industrial looking island called Fiesta Island that we have out here. Um <laughs> And because it's a regional sport, all the people, the teams are named things like the nasty cunts and stuff like that. They just go crazy on being as as uh, gross and sexual as possible. It is. Oh, and they obviously the fourth member of every team is two take cases of Keystone beer. Obviously. So it's uh it's this hilarious place that exists for that and like windsurfers and stuff. And the one redeeming feature of the gross island is that there's a single road around it with no stop signs and no lights anywhere. So you can do these 10-minute loops very slowly that will keep a baby asleep. And if you're lucky, you'll see weirdos doing crazy shit out there. Yeah, you know, like driving around in circles for an hour. (laughs) Hey, I get a lot of important podcast listening done. (laughs) I'm one of the least weird people out there, even though I never actually park the car. I can't park on the island. I... The dirt out there is just all rubbly mud with huge grooves in it. So she'll wake up the instant I leave the paved part. Aww. So, yeah. Anyway, we have some Star Wars. Yay, some Star Wars. Yeah, I got a Star War to recount to you, and you've got Star Wars stories that you, well, you read the same shit. Uh, when we last left our heroes, they were boarding a nondescript freighter of some kind piloted by a Mon Calamari named Perali at the behest of Captain Nim, the pirate lord of the planet Locke, who I guess we'll never ever see again, according to his his uh, entry on Wikipedia. Yeah, this is uh, the <laughs> end of the line for the good old captain. Yeah, uh, and they're on their way to Corellia, where we're going to meet with yet another rebel cell and get more assignments and all that kind of stuff. That's the plan. And they've got an escort uh, pilot flying alongside them in some sort of heavily modified, kind of crummy-looking YT-1300 freighter. Who could that fucking be? We don't know. Oh, wait, we do. They told us. It's Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, they told us immediately, hey, look, it's Han Solo and his his (laughs) Wookiee, Chewbacca. (laughs) I know. Uh, I just love that anytime we hear about Solo in one of these books, we have to get a full description and rundown on the Falcon. Oh, that ship looks like it sucks. Yeah, I know. They mentioned that in the film. Yeah. In the famous film upon which this is based. Uh... There was a there was a whole thing about how it looked like a pile of junk. We, we, 
we've gone over this on a number of occasions. I mean, I uh. kind of want to know if you saw a brand new stock model YT-1300, would you be like, ah, yes, the, the king of the spaceways, or would it just be because of the model that you're like, that looks like junk? It's not because it's not taken care of or it's modified. It's just that car. Well, I mean, nowadays we actually have the answer to that question because of the Solo movie, where we see the thing stock, or at least customized in a good way at the beginning of the film where it like doesn't even have the famous notch in the front because that's where you load the escape ship uh. and it's all nice and white and it's got good interiors and just looks all pretty and good so i can see people seeing that and be like oh yeah that's okay that's kind of like a luxury freighter i'm into it that's rad i hope there's a cape storage room <laughs> and then it gets beat to fucking shit over the course of a two-day flight and then it looks like that for the next 35 years Indeed. You'd think at some point, like after Han becomes the general of the New Republic and, oh, the, they find out he's Corellian royalty and blibbity blabbity, that they'd be like, hey, do you want us to put like a new escape thing on the front of your Falcon and clean it and stuff? And he's like, fuck no. It has to look like it did in New Hope for forever so authors will know how to describe it. Huh. Otherwise, it would be, you know, weird. Some author would have to be like, Oh wow! Is that the Millennium Falcon? It looks like, like a, like a YT thirteen hundred. Yeah, go ahead. Just uh, instead of fixing it up in any way, install another one of those novelty tearaway deflector dishes up on the top. Thanks. <laughs> I gotta yeah. lose one of those every time my ship is described as flying anywhere. You gotta have one of those that's actually useful. Just put it on like. I don't know, the underside of the ship, and then put a tearaway one that's just sort of plastic up top for looks. Yeah, I like to think that's how they're doing it at this point. Like, the ship doesn't even need a deflector dish or radio dish or whatever the fuck each individual author calls it. That thing's just there for laughs. Yeah, it's just there because they're like, eh, let's see if we can knock this off again. <laughs> Chewbacca's way into it. He keeps designing new ones. Huh. All right, well... This is a, a major digression, as Han Solo's participation in this episode will be exceptionally minimal. Indeed. Basically just there to be name-dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get off into space. And... <laughs> Not yet do we get off into space, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, man. You could cut the, cut the tension on this spaceship with a DL-44 heavy repeating blaster, am I right? <laughs> man. So... In the same way that, like, the previous episode was extraordinarily MMO, this is extraordinarily, like, romance novel late-night Cinemax. Yeah, when I first read it, the first I immediately sent you a text message where I was like, wait, did this book shift very slowly into Letters to Republican Penthouse? What the fuck is this? <laughs> because... Here's what happens. They get in the ship. Pirelli, our pilot, just pretty much tells them to chill because they're going to fly out there. But mentions that Captain Nim left them a reward crate for their, their help getting that map thing back. And if they want, they can go open it. It's some sort of loot crate. Yeah. And if you want your own loot crate, use code <laughs> expounded. <laughs> Sorry. If you want your own loot crate, sucks to be you. They burned and died. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you still got one of the ones you bought back before they went dead. Hopefully. 
because they're so <laughs> but, good. Oh boy, a t-shirt in a size I did not order. Yay. Ah, a miniature comic book from Free Comic Book Day. How much am I paying for this again? Oh uh, boy, Funko a Pop? <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. I never know where to look for Funko Pops. Uh, well, in true MMO fashion, in, in reward for completing a quest, they receive a box of treasure to dig around in and pick the thing that best suits their class and spec. And they head back to toe, take a look at it. They both are acting exceptionally surprised. Well, I mean, I would be surprised just because, you know, it feels like Nim wouldn't do that. Because when we left him, he was like, eh, get the fuck out of here. I never want to see you again. Bleh, fuck you. And then he's like, also, <laughs> here's an entire crate of guns. Well, he's such an MMO character that he doesn't have a choice. It's compulsion. He's like, he's like here's your 13 gold. <laughs> Why am I doing this? I hate you. Oh, no. I've got a selection of five different weapons. Gah. <laughs> This is against my nature. Why am I so low poly? Uh, And that's what this chapter more or less breaks down into at this point is the box is full of blasters. Uh, It turns out you don't need to get any blaster skills in order to be a bioengineer. You just need to take some fencing and uh, a lot of like doctor and and, uh, scavenger type uh, training. So when she opens the box, she's just like, I don't even know what guns is. And he's like, good, this is a perfect time for us to sensually learn what guns are. A lot of montages of me holding your arm as you hold a gun. Yeah, this is... It's weird, because it's that exact sort of scene that you expect from any sort of romantic thing, where it's like, oh, I'm teaching you how to play pool, so I gotta get my dick up behind you while I show you. Except Mm -hmm. instead of, like, one scene that you would get that where normally it's like, ooh, I'm going to show you how to shoot and there's one sensual scene. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this like five times in a row because we also need to describe each and every gun. It's important we do this. Yeah, this is basically the love scene from Ghost as described by Dana Lash. It's fucking atrocious. It's so, it, so weird. Basic, it's, it's just endlessly weird. It's just gun porn. Uh, so most of the guns are known guns as well. We've got like a DL-17 and a DL-44. Uh, and each one, we have to go through this process where she pulls it out and she's like, this one seems light and sporty. I could see this as a lady's gun or perhaps a gun for a noble. And... and then Finn has to come along and be like, yes, that's a sporting blaster. Note the button above the trigger. If you press it, it breaks apart into easily hidden compa- uh, components. Ooh, sexy. And yet it fires accurately? Yes, it has an iron line scope. Perhaps you'd like to apply some stickers or a maquette to personalize it as your own. <laughs> now, let me take your arm from behind and sensually breathe on your neck as you draw a bead on this picture of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <sighs> it's <laughs> it's weird because you get basically three things going on at the same time. One, 
like a Wikipedia entry on blasters with nothing else. A yeah, very bad romance novel. And then also just sort of some light sprinkling of information from the MMO because it's like, oh, this is a gun favored by the nobility. And by that, I mean, it's usable by the noble class. Yeah. <laughs> and a little more, more about bioengineers where she's like, because there's one of my favorite descriptions in this chapter is when she, when he's like, wait, you've never used a gun? She goes, no, it wasn't part of my training. As a bioengineer, I learned fencing. And I'm like, why the fuck did you learn fencing? What was that for? The oh, bioengineers? I, I got a survival knife and I, I need to, I don't know, use that and not anything useful? <laughs> I mean, I could get that if she was like an imperial officer from some planet where they still carried around decorative swords as, as sort of a display of nobility. Uh, but she's not. She's a scientist from a scientist office, and sometimes she goes camping. She's like, oh, yeah, all of us bioengineers know the noble art of fencing. Huh. It's part of our necessary training. What about, what? why wouldn't you learn how to use rifles? I mean, you'd think you'd need to tranquilize a lot of wild beasts. We use tranquilizing rapiers. <laughs> we just like to poison the end of our weapons and then stab an animal. You can only stab an animal with an anesthetizing rapier in the area between their waist and their neck. You can't do the arms. Huh. That, unless you're using saber, then it changes everything. <laughs> so... It's just this endless sexy ghost scene as they make their way through a long rigmarole of describing every kind of blaster, uh, and eventually they start to succumb to the magic of how sexy guns are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, as Finn rests his arm lightly on hers and helps her draw a bead down the scope line of an EL-17 repeating heavy rifle. She starts to lose interest in the blaster entirely, and she's lost in the strength of his hands and the scent of him, and she leans in into the, uh, into the passion and gives way to try and kiss him, but he's not ready. He pulls away. No, not now. I, I mustn't. I must not. <laughs> I shantn't. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. <laughs> and and her question is just like, why? Is it the Empire? <laughs> is it me? Just the Empire. She's just like, is it the Empire's fault we can't bone down in this freighter? And, and he's like, and he thinks yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the Empire. Yeah, obviously. It's the Empire. The problem is the Empire. Hey, honey. Hey, Al. Let's have sex. No, pig. The Empire. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? I, I mean, I would get it if this dude's just like, I haven't got time for romance. I, I, I'm all about the mission. Maybe someday after I've accomplished the mission and, and finished my personal tasks and everything. But... <laughs> When she offers him this dumb olive branch of, is it the Empire? Is it the Empire's time of the month? God, and yeah, you'd just think he would be like, oh, I can't be tied down, or oh, I, I live a dangerous life and I wouldn't want to put you through that, or something. But the fact that he's just like, what? Yeah, it's because the Empire. No it's further explanation needed. 
that dang old empire stopping anyone from boning for the past 20 years. That's right. They're just coming around like, hey, are you two getting hot and heavy? How dare you? Leave, leave room for Palpatine. Yeah, let me get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this a sheave sandwich. <laughs> Come on, I want to sh- I want to show you how to shoot a different kind of gun, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, hey DJ, play Baby's Got Back. I know a dance for this. <laughs> Come on, Finn, grind up on the back of me like you were her. <laughs> Leaf room for Palpatine. That's a shirt I want now. <laughs> okay. Uh Anyway, we can't go on like this forever. It can't be nothing but gun porn for the entire episode. Uh, Right as they're about to kiss and this whole Empire thing happens, that's when the ship shakes from some kind of attack. Oh no! Strap yourselves in! We've got Imperials! (laughs) And she's like, what? Why are we under attack? Is it the Empire? Yes, it is! (laughs) Yes, the, it's a, it's the same empire. They won't let you bone, and now they're shooting at us. They heard you wanted to bone, and so now they're going to shoot you down. <laughs> no one bones on my territory unless I get in there first. <laughs> Daddy wants some business. Prima nocta. That's the reason I got into emperoring. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Sheev, you disgusting, horrid man. You betcha. <laughs> Ah, uh, your mind tricks won't work on me. Only boobies. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. There's your mental image for the day, everybody. Party palpy. Okay. Uh, they're under attack by the Empire, but we never actually get to see it because the rest of the chapter all takes place under uh, Dusk's point of view. And, and she, she doesn't go to the cockpit. strapped in the back. She just hangs out. So we're just describing someone sitting in the back of a freighter as a cool combat happens. Yeah, it's it's basically like, hey, what if you uh, you got the point of view of like the Enterprise was fighting, but instead of being on the bridge, you were just one of the people on the ship. So she's constantly being like thrown about by the uh, like lasers hitting the ship, but we have no mm-hmm. idea what's going on. So she's just like, oh my, it sure is dangerous out there, I suppose. I hope I don't die in the vacuum of space. Oh, I've wasted my life. Boy, there sure are a bunch of crates and things back here. Certainly is interesting to look at. These crates. Maybe I should check them for snakes. <laughs> Watch out for snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially once they're loaded up with venom. But she's just so boring. She stays back there. We get a little bit of radio chatter where uh, it's Perali talking to Han Solo. And, and they're like, look out, Solo. There's the Empire. And Solo's response is like, yeah, I'm on it. And that's the end of Han Solo. That's all we get about Solo and the Falcon. Yeah, no that's cool the end Fal- of Han Solo. He dies now. <laughs> Ex- exuant stage left Han Solo. He's fine. We're going to be told he's fine later in the next chapter, but we're never going to see him do anything. <laughs> the most we get out of Han Solo in this in this is that during the gun porn uh, ghost Chris Isaac song bullshit love scene, uh, she teases Finn by talking about how sexy Han Solo was. Yeah, and it just pisses him off real bad. 
He's just like, ooh, I bet you're into that, aren't you? I bet you're into that Han Solo and his lean muscle. And she's like, oh, yeah, I am. I am into that. Do you want to hear about how into that I am? And he's like, I hate how much I'm into wanting to hear about that. Are we inventing a thing? (laughs) Does Star Wars have this thing? Uh, I'm also into Chewbacca a little. Oh, oh, whoa. Hold on. That's safe word. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, sorry. No. (laughs) Ah, I'm into it. Come on. (laughs) Come on. You can tear my arms off. Yeah. You You can let the dog watch. Come on, he's not people. <laughs> all right. They, at a certain point, while she's hearing all this battle happening, she actually does start thinking, oh, I've wasted my life. That's basically the shit that's going through her head. Uh, but then she hears from the cockpit a loud whine noise followed by a brief explosion. Yes. And she's like, oh, what the shit was that? And then all of a sudden the ship is rattling and and uh, her stomach is lurching because it's dr- it's dramatically dropping down tor- uh, towards something. Well, yeah, she she hears the explosion. She's like, oh, no, Finn might be hurt. So she <sighs> unbuckles and goes to the front and then it starts nosediving towards the planet. So she mm-hmm. gets thrown around the entire cargo area and just slammed into walls and hit with stuff. Yeah, she never does get back into a chair. She's going to be out of the ships, any any kind of restraints, as the ship crash lands into a Corellian swamp. Yeah, it's good. Great plan. Mm-hmm, good job. But uh, she gets enough time when she gets up there to realize that they are making atmosphere entry that fit that finn is a terrible pilot if he's even a pilot at all and that Perali is dead indeed uh it's too much emergency right now for any other kind of details finn's screaming at her to get strapped into something and she's just kind of acting confused and not understanding what's going on as the sky fills up with more and more corellia and then the next thing you know he just goes this is it and then that's the chapter yes indeed a nice, good crash landing. <laughs> it's a good thing they weren't in Luke's X-Wing. <laughs> or the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, the Falcon is gone. Assumedly, it escaped the TIE Fighters or whatever. We don't even know what they were fighting with. Yeah, no idea. They were attacked by something. We know uh, Imperials... <laughs> They were attacked by whatever. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter. The next chapter opens up with uh her waking up in a quickly sinking spaceship. Yeah. And because she got out of her seat, even though the keep seatbelt fastened light was on, she is buried under cargo stuff, and Finn is desperately trying to dig her out from there. Yes, because the ship is actively sinking, and it's deep enough that it's going to vanish under the water entirely. Oh, yeah. At this point, uh, like, the cockpit has actually filled up with water, and it is slowly moving up towards where they are in the back of the ship. Yeah. Now, she's very busted up, so when he finally manages to extricate her from the wreckage, he has to lift her up, and she's like, oh, no, oh, I've clearly got a bunch of broken ribs. This is bad. Oh, no. Um but that's not even what she's thinking about. She's thinking, ooh, a big, strong man is holding me. <laughs> that's 
actual text. I'm not making this up. Uh, that's that's always good when you're like, oh man, I definitely have broken bones and have crashed on a planet and might be getting murdered. But, you know, check out this hunk. <laughs> so he's like, hey, I'm going to put you down. We're going to see if you're okay. And as she go, as he goes in to try to do medical checks on her, she's like, no, 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 go away. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Go find supplies and what have you. We're just going to have to leave the ship. I'm really curious about why the pilot's dead, though. Can we talk about that? And he's like, yeah, we'll talk about it later. He's very evasive about this whole why is the pilot dead situation. Yeah. Now, she thinks like, oh, because we got from Captain Nim some sayings that like oh he's a shitty pilot that like ooh maybe he caused the pilot's death by being a bad pilot himself but i kept thinking <laughs> i assume he shot him because pirelli sold them out and that's why imps were waiting for them yeah that makes the most sense right like we we get there and they're immediately ambushed on exiting light speed obviously it's because pirelli sold them out the other pilot is so low yeah, well, obviously someone had to sell them out. It wouldn't be the Pirate King or Solo. So you have to imagine it was this guy. And yeah, eh, for some reason, we get no confirmation one way or another. It's just, yeah, he's, ooh, this is a mystery. We will not solve it. Hi, I'm J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and he's weirdly defensive about it. Like when she's like, hey, did you have to kill this guy? He's like, uh, let's just say that. He got shot during the battle. Uh, a laser got him from somewhere, but not me. <laughs> like, yeah. Just say he was a traitor. It's not that complicated. He's, like he, he's a spare pirate. Obviously, we can set him up as a traitor and it won't hurt anything. Yeah. You can either just say, oh, yeah, he betrayed us, so I killed him. Or you can say, yeah, the there was a lucky shot and it. I don't know, did one of those Star Trek control panel explosions that kills a guy. You know how we always keep spare fireworks packed into all of our control panels. You know. It's For a smuggling comedy. ship, so we were smuggling fireworks in the control panel. Fireworks are illegal on Corellia. The kids love them. Just love them. Mm-hmm. We have this one that looks like Jabba, but his tail turns into a big, long... Like, it looks like nothing, but then, you know, you get a worm tail and it's Jabba. Or another one where it's a little Millennium Falcon, and when you turn it on, it does that kind of ash worm, but it's the big worm that tries to get him on the on the asteroid. The Shit, big that actually worm. sounds rad. That sounds, the Exegorth. That sounds fucking rad, now I want that. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I could just get one of those types of fireworks and a tiny toy falcon and make it happen myself. You could. Who could stop me? I could. I mean, the state of California, those things are illegal here. Oh, yeah. For good for good reason. The state is currently on fire again. <laughs> no one should do anything that involves fire here. No, please avoid it, if at all possible. I mean, granted, the vast majority of those fires are started by chains dragging on freeways. Please uh, all avoid right, so, chains. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the actual answer is what causes all the fires in California. Yeah, some of them are gender reveal parties and campfires gone wrong and cigarette butts. But a lot of them are the chain hookups between trucks and the trailers. When they scrape on the road that creates sparks, that creates the fire. Damn. Anyway, I don't know why I'm I don't know why I'm going into this. It doesn't fucking matter. Um we have to escape the ship, and we still have this whole situation where Finn is being defensive, but they manage to make their way out. 
And in one of my favorite jokes, as they're making their way away from the ship, it starts to sink and fall away. But they don't describe it as the ship disappearing. They say Dusk is having trouble swimming because of the uh, suction created by the plane wreckage. Hmm. And I was like, wait, did they hit a plane on the way down? What the fuck are you talking about? They were in a spaceship. No, it's a space plane. It's a space plane. Yeah, they were in one of them uh, P-51 space Mustangs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I get it's just it's weird that they would bother saying plane once and the whole rest of the time in the book be like, yeah, they're starships, spaceships, ships, freighters, all the things that you're used to hearing in Star Wars. But then just once. It was a plane. It, well, it's <laughs> it's like uh, meteors and meteorites and asteroids and things like that, where like it changes depending on where it is. So like it's <laughs> it's magma in space, but it's lava when it hits a, the water. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> any spaceship that enters atmosphere becomes a plane. No, only if it crash lands. Oh, okay. Otherwise, because planes are in Star Wars, of course, are famous for crashing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also like the idea of their ships as long as they can fly, but as soon as they're on water, then they're planes. <laughs> Not boats, planes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would figure that the difference between a spaceship and an airplane is that Airplanes follow, like, Bernoulli's lifting principles and have wings and shit, where a spaceship just fucking has giant engines and can hover. I mean... It just uses anti-grav. But then again, I guess that would need to allow for things like Harriers and other VTOL-type ter- type aircraft, so what do I know? Yeah, plus there's, you know, things like X-Wing that have wings and shit. Yeah, but they don't need them. The, the X-Wing can clearly take off and land vertically. We see it do it on a number of occasions. I think those are just there to keep the guns from being right next to the cockpit. Yeah, they're just there to spread the guns out. <laughs> well, I mean, that's literally what makes an X-Wing an X-Wing, is that it spreads its guns out a little bit, like right before it goes into combat. We don't even know why it does that. You know, for better gun coverage. <laughs> Lock those S-foils in attack position. You know, I've been really curious about why we do that, because it looks fucking cool. Quit asking questions. Get in your plane. Oh, you called it a plane. Now I'm going to crash in an ocean. (laughs) That's Uh, bad pilot luck. Okay, take it out. uh, So Dusk has a problem because she is terrified of the water. Oh, right. She had forgotten to tell Finn that earlier. During that last time when they were near water or whatever. I'm not sure why she feels like she forgot to tell him, but she did. Yeah. So So she's freaking out. Like, mm -hmm. she is full on controlling a panic attack, which, you know, fair. Even if you aren't terrified of water, having to eject yourself out of a sinking spaceship and try and make your way to the surface before drowning is definitely a thing that would cause some panic. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like the ship was sinking. It was already underwater. They have to escape out into deep water and go up. So, luckily, even though she's clearly panicking and and crazy scared and everything, she doesn't act like she's panicking even a little bit. Instead, she's like, as I remember, through my panic, if I blow some bubbles out, I can follow them because the bubbles will go up. 
And and uh, indeed she does. And she, after a long, hard swim with busted ribs, she manages to break the surface. But boy, oh boy, is she scared and panicking, according to her inner monologue and oh, nothing yeah. else. <laughs> she calmly follows Bubbles to the surface and takes a breath and begins to swim towards shore. But trust me, she is freaking out, man. Oh, she's so panicked. She does all these cool survivalist type things that you describe in an ep- issue of Boy's Life, but she's freaking the fuck out, man. <laughs> Weasels are eating her flesh. <laughs> they swim until they find some reeds, and then they're like, okay, okay, we're on kind of a shore. We're going to be all right. You can stop now. Everything's fine. Well, yeah, because, you know, Finn looks over while they're swimming towards shore, because they do see shore near-ish but while they're going he's like oh there's like a rocky outcropping much closer to us like sort of in Mm -hmm. between and i have noticed obviously that dusk is panicking oh yeah yeah he's he's trying to help help her out because yeah she's clearly panicking apparently because he can see her thought bubbles oh yeah he's like oh she's swimming slower than me she must be panicking it's not because she has broken ribs that we fixed with a seat belt (laughs) or that i had to learn swimming because of whatever career i have but she didn't just fencing she was playing to fence the ocean in most situations same Uh uh-huh uh (laughs) when they get to the reeds they hang out for a little bit they're worried they're scared and then as dust i think as finn is getting ready to go do something dusk points behind him as two of the reeds start to lift above the others oh yeah because he's like oh hey you know he gets to the outcropping first because he's faster there's these uh reeds you can hold on to here and and really like use those to pull yourself up to the rocks and that's dusk is like wait a minute there shouldn't be reeds there and also i know about a weird spider monster that uses reed tentacles to murder things oh there it is a big spider monster yep and a giant spider rears up over them and gets blasted and hit with a, i think hit with a rock event or fairly quickly uh and dies but not before it's menacing and scary and it's just another excuse for our bioengineer main character to identify a mob from the mmo oh yeah Oh my goodness, a a dally rake. And you know, they're not more they're more common on Talus than Corellia, but uh as you can see, obviously they're here too. <laughs> <laughs> what you see the thing they do is they hang out by the ocean side uh because they are equally comfortable inland or in the water and they wait for unsuspecting fish to swim by and eh, I'm just going to go on like this for a while because we're not like you know, surviving and trying to escape an Imperial space attack or anything. We've got time. Also, I should probably let you know that, you know, when they die, they also lunge at you. Oh, right. Yeah, they don't quite die. They have one last gasp of lunginess. Yeah, so, you know, they shoot the thing, and it its corpse is floating there, and then it just kind of goes, ah, horror movie, blah. <laughs> Slightly more lunging. And, and they, yeah, he has and, to yeah. stab it to death and look out because that ink is v- venomous. That's right. It was venomous ink. 
It's rare that you see venomous as the one that is used incorrectly. I know. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Normally, you hear people describe animals that bite you and inject a, a toxin as poisonous, and, and that's where venomous should be used. But to hear that a pool of ink is venomous is an interest. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily wrong, though. Yeah, that uh, black ink uh, is going to bite you and inject well, no. it. I mean, it, I, I guess the difference is between that blank, black ink is venomous and that blank or black ink is venom. Like, maybe that's the stuff that it would have otherwise injected into you. And it would be venomous if it did do that. I guess, but it comes out of, like, the back of the thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's where its its ink storage tanks are. Maybe it's literally that that ink is venom, like the character Venom. Yes. Watch out. That ink is venom. <laughs> well, it's venomous. That's just one of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it's toxin. It's venomish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we get a description of how nasty this ink is and how, I guess, if, if it gets in one of his open wounds or mouth cavities or something, it might cause him some problems. Uh, but then, off in the distance, they notice a a, a, a human figure watching them. Uh, but the glint of this human figure is noticeable. It's some sort of mechanical magic man. <laughs> I do want to, real quick, mention that they have to spend some time with the world's stupidest joke that this thing oh, that right. almost killed uh, Finn oh my God. is a monster that eats fish. And you see, his name is Finn, part of a fish. Do you get it? <laughs> Says the book. Oh, it goes on for so long. The two it, I, It's supposed to be one of those moments where two characters who have been through a stressful situation break down laughing because they really needed the... Uh, the release, more or less, but the joke is so bad. Yeah, the fact that the book has to spell it out for you and be like, mm -hmm. and this is why it's funny. I'm like, oh no, please, book, don't do that. Like, if it was so desperate that you had to have this joke beat, maybe you could have gone back and reworked the character's name. Maybe we should have named him Tropical Fish Darktrin. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Corellian Fish Darktrin. <laughs> Get it? Because cause my name is Corellian Fish. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they laugh at this awful joke for quite some time. Anyway, yes. C-3PO's on the shore. <laughs> they see C-3PO, and of course we have to get a full work down of, of what this is, because Lord knows the book has to assume that we're writing for first principles, so it's like, some sort of marvelous mechanical man is by the shore. A man of pure gold. Why, he must be worth a fortune, that golden man. <laughs> oh, he's quite prissy. Hello and there, I'm like, C-3PO. Yeah. Human cyborg relations. Uh, now, here's the deal. We're about two days walk from a base and when we saw the ship come down they sent me c-3po by myself to retrieve you but really you're very slow and you're bright gold and this planet is described as a horrible jungle death trap uh why wouldn't they send some of their you know human survival jungle expert people or i don't know a car Send the car some, around. Send some sort of hovering car instead of being like, 3PO, why don't you go backpacking? 3PO, why don't you go waddle your ass down to the shore and see if anyone's alive? 
Yes, we need to keep ourselves stealthy. Let's sell. Let let's send our goldenest man, our our shiniest boy, who will not shut up. <laughs> oh, here I am, brain the size of a planet. <laughs> At least let him have R two. I mean, we're just sending three PO out to retrieve people. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's got to be someone else here, because otherwise, I would just feel bad for him. <laughs> I'd feel bad for everyone. Like, like uh, we're talking about a, a, a jungle base full of rebels who are all specialized guerrilla warfare experts, and the only person in the whole base that can spare to go rescue these vital mission people is this droid that might just die on the way there. I'm still... How did... How did 3PO get there in time is still the thing, because he's like, oh, we tracked your descent. And I was sent to make sure you were okay. But then right after that, the next bit is like, oh, the travel back to the base was long and difficult. I'm like, how the fuck did he get there? You crash landed and then swam up. It's not like you wasted hours of time hanging out on the sinking ship. I think you're dramatically underestimating how funny that Finn joke was, because they were laughing at that for like seven hours. Uh, they That's laughed that. at it. They workshopped it for an SNL skit. <laughs> they wrote a whole treatment about it. They've got a tight five now. They were on Carson. <laughs> <sighs> no, but uh, yeah, because they have to do this long ass jungle trek back through the jungle where 3PO keeps talking about how at any moment random monsters in the woods might eat him. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Why send 3PO? Why send anyone on foot? Don't you have speeder bikes or something? Yeah, I mean, I can at least understand maybe not sending a speeder to the crash in case the Imperials were like, oh, let's go send a ship down to go see, and you could more easily track a speeder. Like, I could sure. understand, let's send a person instead of an actual large mechanical thing. But then they s sent... A large a, mechanical man. A large thing. mechanical man. <laughs> you see, it's ironic because he's a large mechanical thing. Oh, and the Empire would think? be looking for... <laughs> uh, and, and not only that, it, it is clearly very dangerous, the thing that they did, because as they're walking back through the jungle, in, in another bit of wordplay I particularly appreciated... Uh, Dusk spots a number of canid species moving through the jungle and tracking them. And she's like, careful, you don't want to get eaten by those rooting pigs. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I may not be an Imperial bioengineer. I didn't attend your fancy Imperial bioengineer academy. I'd have fenced a little bit, but I'm not very good at it. I probably don't have that much fencing experience, but I feel like canids and porcine things are different. Yeah. <laughs> maybe on Corellia, the pigs are dogs. Yeah, maybe maybe the canids are pigs and they will trample you. Stupid Corellian pig dogs. Sure. Big enough to trample a man, the pig dog. <laughs> uh, but soft enough to trample a woman. <laughs> okay, so eventually they make their way through the horrible jungle to a rebel base. Uh, and again, we start getting first principles descriptions of all the major characters. Finn 
after pe- talking through his way through a irrelevant gate guard, immediately runs into Wedge Antilles, uh, who we get just the briefest description of. Apparently, he's an old friend of Finn's, and Finn is just like, hey, where's the med center? The center with the two one B medical droids, where you can go to get buffs. Where's that med center? <laughs> this is the MMO wedge, and wedge is like, I know, I only have three responses, <laughs> and this is one of them. <laughs> None of them are where the med center is. <laughs> I know, I only have three responses. Uh, they also have to get, of course, a full description of what R two looks like for a paragraph before they just say, "Hey, it's R two D 2 yeah, some sort of inverted trash can with rolly wheels. Look at this domed silver and blue astromech unit. Why, C-3PO seems to know it. Why, it must be some sort of fantrabulous ma- automaton. Uh, I don't understand I why we're getting... I it plays chess. <laughs> I keep getting these first principles droid descriptions, and I'm like, lady, you're in the Empire. The Empire has droids. <laughs> My... My my lady here, it's uh, it's droids. Droids are everywhere. You've dealt with droids your whole life. I've never met a droid. Droids weren't part of my experience I had to earn. Only fencing. Just fencing. <laughs> all the time fencing. Droids don't work on me. Only fencing. <laughs> and uh, eventually she does manage to get routed off to a med center where a 2-1-B droid wheels out and is like, ah, ribs. I will apply a Bacta patch that will make you feel better and make you do better, too. They are not broken. They are just bruised. Yeah, good. You are the luck. You are the luckiest spaceship crash survivor in history. You, you were not strapped in and in a cargo hold full of things that would definitely kill you if they hit you at velocity. And you were, you know, bruised. Yes, well, as you have to understand, I hate seatbelts but love guns. Uh, I'm I'm the worst. It's me. Look, it's now, my right to not wear a seatbelt if I don't want to. The atmosphere on Corellia is toxic. Please put on this mask. Oh, I won't. Freedom of speech or whatever. <laughs> How dare you? Well, she lies down on this bed for a while as Finn goes off to do important rebel business, and it doesn't take her very long to recognize that one small brown-haired woman seems to be running the entire show here at this rebel base. How is everyone listening to this young woman not much older than her herself? Why, she's so small and brown-haired and... (laughs) And in white. And, you know, I'm not going to say her hair is in buns, but it's implied... It's in, like, some kind of side thing, some kind of space buns. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I, I mean, event- I like that she's like, oh, man, I finally get it, like, with the Rebellion, because, you know, in the Empire, there is no way that she would have any sort of authority in the same way that I didn't. But here in the Rebellion, there's no glass ceiling. A, a woman can be in charge of murder as much as any man. <laughs> yeah it's just like the the complete opposite of the of the empire where the only people in charge that are women are oh i don't know mara jade uh captain phasma isan isard uh that that long-haired red-headed one that i whose name is admiral natasi dalla uh gariel captason the list shall continue <laughs> 
Plus, but anyway. it's only her. It's not like she sees a bunch of ladies running around doing stuff. She's like, oh, that's obviously the person in charge. And there's also so many female pilots and other things. No, it's just one lady. And she's like, well, that's impressive. Having one lady, well, come on. There's not even any Mons Mothma around here. By the way, Mons Mothma is also her porn name. Ah, uh, yes, obviously. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's an intellectual kind of porn name, but, you know, people appreciate that. They do. A lot Whereas of receipts I, have her work. I assume no one has ever seen it, because the Mons Mothma is obviously a cryptid. <laughs> that's the Mons Mothman. Oh, a- yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a cryptid that does porn. <laughs> uh or if you're uh, on the internet that's every cryptid uh yes <laughs> okay goddamn so, monster fuckers get out of here <laughs> quit fucking all the good monsters leave some for me to fuck uh eventually finn introduces dusk to leia who barely cares about her at all but has but throws her enough respect to be like ah yes we've heard of you you're important and we need you to do an important mission but for whatever reason only the two of you can go on this mission oh yeah we need uh secrecy or something it's vitally important and i'm luke skywalker and i'm also here (laughs) i'm also here i won't speak though Yeah, he doesn't get a line until they're gone. But effectively, we finally get, at this point, at chapter 9 of what I think is 18 chapters, the rundown of what the goal of the book is. They have to go to Dantooine and find that thing that was mentioned in the in the uh, introductory chapter. They have to put that thing back where they found it, or so help me. <laughs> put that thing back where it came up, or so help them. It, we, we have to go get that thing they sent you. <laughs> hey, it's- you get that thing we sent you? So they have to go to Dantooine using her Imperial credentials. And at this point, we also get a full uh, explanation that don't worry, even though Tendow Nandon was uh, was uh, arrested and killed on the spot. No one's looking for you, apparently. No one. Oh, yeah. It's prob- <laughs> we've uh, we've definitely checked all of the chatter. There is no warrant for you. No one has mentioned you. It's almost like no one gives a shit about you and you suck. Yeah, and, and in fact, your Life Day uh, Secret Santa present was a gift certificate for $5 to Starbucks. <laughs> so there's really no love lost. Uh... Okay, so she feels super important about this. She's like, they need me. They've heard of me. I'm an important person who needs to go on an important mission. I can't wait to go and find out more about how much I love this Finn Dark Trend fella. <laughs> it's and weird Leia's to me like, because All right. the... The holocron thing that they're supposed to go get was a left behind when some rebels had to escape from Dantooine. Yeah, Which, you remember you know, that. If you're packing things up, that seems like something you'd want to, I don't know, maybe get first. Yeah, with that Home Alone moment where uh, they're on the airplane and they're like, wait a minute, did we bring the holocron? The, the holocron! holocron! <laughs> no, that just sounded like you were Kirk. Holocron! <laughs> well, I didn't want to actually yell really loud because I'm near a microphone. I, I, you understand what I'm going for, right? That I understand. Catherine, something. Catherine O'Hara yelling, yelling, Kevin as loud as she can. Yeah, but she doesn't like drag it out. She just goes, Kevin. <laughs> so 
Leia wastes no time. She's just like, there's a shuttle right over there. You two go get on it. Get out of here. We got shit to do. Go, go, go. You crazy kids. You get out of here. We have no time for your budding romance. I still don't understand why they need her. Because it's a rebel base. Which Mm -hmm. means it should be either hidden or not. If it is not, then you probably shouldn't go there because the Empire is already there and has taken all of your shit. If it is hidden, then why do you need to, like, officially travel to Dantooine? Couldn't you just be like, oh, we sent a little, I don't know, two-person, one-person spaceship that could get below radar, and they landed in the middle of nowhere where our base was, picked it up, and then fucked off. I mean, granted, we do know that not only does the, the do the Imperials know about the base on Dantooine, but uh, they but Leia knows they know about them because that's one of the conversations from New Hope. Remember, Dantooine's the planet she throws out to have blown up instead of of yeah. Alderaan. So so everyone knows about the base. Vader's like, yeah, we know. Or it's Tarkin. Tarkin's like, yeah, we knew about that base, and we know you abandoned it a while ago. So we're gonna blow up your home planet, lady. Lady. So I I, I get the impression that the Imperials have a maintained blockade over. Uh, Dantooine that but they they aren't down there because while they know there used to be a rebel base down there they're under the impression it's abandoned and useless Hmm. that's the only thing that could make any sense for why they need her at all sure why not let's go with that so uh, but in any event the uh, the thing that gets me isn't so much that she's necessary but that this whole rebel base of other people they can't spare a couple of spare guns Hmm. can just send a guy uh, you know, we got some of these camo troopers. You can have one. Have this guy. He'll help you. I mean, that'd be useful. The fact that they keep going on like, oh, this could ruin the rebellion. It might cripple us. It would definitely, you know, make everything we do harder and get all, a lot of our allies killed, which would make it harder to get allies in the future. This is vitally important. Anyway, that's Luke Skywalker sitting right there. He's not going to go with you. No, he can't go with you. Uh, he has to get ready to, I think, go to Hoth with us based on what era this is taking place in. I guess. That's the closest thing I can think of. Oh, and yes, by the way, in this conversation, they do ask, what happened to Han? And they go, Han got away and flew off to do Han business. Oh, yeah. Uh, Han, I don't know, shot some TIE fighters or whatever and then fucked off. We don't know. It's Han. Han had to go back to his home planet. They needed him. I thought we were on his home planet. Shut up. <laughs> Isn't he from Corelli? Yeah, shut up. Yeah, no, just get on the shuttle. No more questions. Just go. Scooch. <laughs> and indeed they do. And that's that's the end of it. She's like, oh, I'm so important now. I mean, even if, if nothing else, you'd think Leia would note that the two of them are on bone o'clock timing schedules now and just send a cock blocker. Just send what? some random boring per- Wedge, get in here. Just, just Wedge, I need you to do what you're... No one can get down and dirty when 3PO's around. Wedge, I need you to do what you were named after and drive a Wedge into this budding relationship. <laughs> hey, leave room for Wedge. But yeah, 3PO would be another great choice. Take this pointless droid that we like to send out in the jungle in the hopes that he might die. We're real sad he didn't. Oh my. <laughs> oh, you two appear to be... Uh, into each other at a great deal. May I sing some love poetry? <laughs> I Han Solo. A great deal. Han Solo. What a man. Solo. 
And Dusk's just like, yeah, this is doing it for me. This is what I'm into. Finn's like, I am into how much you're into that. <laughs> ah, I'm into it too. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm into whatever. All right. Uh, what else you got? Alexa, play Despacito. What's no wrong limits. With this big thing. <laughs> <laughs> no limits. No safe word. All right. Uh, that's the whole chapter. That's everything that's going on in, in these two. We'll see you real soon with more of these. Uh, otherwise, check us out at Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. There's a $2 level with your name on it where we'll go to Wikipedia and tell crazy stories that you'll get to hear. That's right. The best, funniest, most interesting, amazing stories you've ever heard. Yeah, don't go find them on Wikipedia or Wikipedia by yourself. That's crazy talk. Give us your two bucks and we'll do that work for you. Outsource. Oh, yeah. You don't want to dredge through Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. You're That's a busy consumer on the go. <laughs> Trust to the service industry in this regard. That's right. Give us a fiver. Yeah, send us a five of your bucks. We'll and, go uh, tell even... you something from Star Wars. We'll tell you so much shit. Five bucks unlocks like 11 shows. It's crazy. It's a great deal. So much. Yeah, patreon.com slash system mastery will make all your dreams come true. So head on down there and support us and help us continue to keep the lights on here at the System Mastery LLC. Yeah, and also we're going to need someone to make a leave room for Palpatine shirt for us. I think I can take care of that. I'm going to make the leave room. I mean, I'll contact our our, uh, favorite artist and have that made because that needs to exist. I want it. I want it real bad. It's the thing I want now. It's the only thing I want. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until we see you in a few weeks with more Star Wars content, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. Uh, leave room for me in those death sticks, huh? Come on! Come on!